of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Ian. <laughs> and this is the only file. Started over. Yeah, this just started over. Uh, how and what's that? Sorry, go ahead. Okay. And welcome to episode 368 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says memory. It's a funny thing. People want to believe they are what they choose to remember. The good stuff, the moments, the places, the people we hold on to. But sometimes, sometimes, we are what we wish we could forget. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, from It Chapter 2. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch it yet? Yeah. I just watched it today, but right right before we uh, came on, that's what I was watching. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. How'd you like? I like the first one better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, not that this was bad. Um, um, I just think the the first one told a better story. Okay. But I mean, that's what they say about the book. That's what they've always said about you know the first one that you know they did. 30 years ago on ABC with, with yeah. Tim Curry as, as uh, Pennywise. You know, the the first half is better than the second half. The second half isn't as good. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it, it rang true. I mean, and, and not that it was bad. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Um, it just... Uh, it just, I don't think it told as good of a story as the first chapter does. Right. You know? I get it. Yeah. Well, what were your thoughts? I mean, I, I didn't even know you watched it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. You know, it kept my interest. I didn't think it was the greatest thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I was never really a huge fan anyway. So. Yeah. Everyone was like, you got to watch, you got to watch it. I'm like, eh. you know, and I held off and it was like, yeah, it was okay. Wasn't blockbuster. You know? Yeah. I kind of knew what I was getting into. So, like, I, I thought the first part, the first chapter is really good. I, I thought it, it was worthy of all the praise it got. And the, the second part, I, I, I mean, it's the storytelling is going into it and, and everything else. It just it, it, it lags a little bit. But I get the story that's being told. And I'm, you know, I never read the book, so I can't compare it. But, you know, that's what people have always told me. Yeah. You know, I never read the book either. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I watched Hotel Artemis. Okay. Did you hear about anything about that? No. Jodie Foster's in it. Okay. You know, I thought she was done acting and everything like that. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a it, it's on. I think we watched it on Netflix, or I think. <clears throat> okay. Um, but it's set in the future, and uh, like 2030 or something like that. Yeah. And there's like these massive riots going on in, I guess, the world or, or the United States over water. Okay. You know, which, you know, makes yeah. sense. Um, I think it's water, pretty sure. And uh, she runs a hotel for criminals. Okay. <laughs> 
That's interesting. Yeah. And uh, she's, they call her nurse, but she's more like a doctor. Yeah. And uh, they come in there, I guess, when they're in trouble and they can get, I mean, they have, uh, they can grow new kidneys, you yeah. know, like a print print machine type of thing. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. But anyway, um, um, the one dude from This Is Us or whatever that show that's on TV. Yeah. I forget his name. He's on there. Batista's in there. Jodie Foster's in there. Jeff Goldblum plays the bad guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm surprised I didn't hear about this. Yeah, it's really it's you. I think you'd like it. I'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like Judy Foster. And what's his name's in it from uh, Always Sunny? Uh, Danny DeVito. He was in in, uh, frickin' Pacific Rim. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you mean. I don't know the dude's name, but I know who you mean. You know I'm talking about. Yeah. He's in it, too. It's it's worth a watch. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I didn't mean I didn't even get up. <laughs> yeah. Juan and I just watched it, so it was it was pretty good. I like Jodie Foster as an actress. I always have. So do I, but you're gonna be shocked. I don't know, cause like she's somebody I don't pigeonhole one to like. This is what she has to be. You know what I mean? Like I can expect almost anything from Jodie Foster. Um, so like for her doing something completely out of the norm. I almost expect that from her. I don't, you know, I don't expect her to be the, the mom in distress or anything like that. You know, she, she, right. she's done so much in her career that you, you know, so her playing something like this sounds like something like, okay, I can see her doing that and doing it well. Yeah. You know, but this is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got something, it's got a great cast and it's an interesting concept. And, you yeah. know, on top of that, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Jodie Foster fan. Yeah, and it's like the roles that are being thrown at you, um, the people that are being thrown at you. Yeah. Like, you know, like uh, the actors themselves uh-huh. are completely opposite of what you would think they would be in the film. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Like when I tell you Dave Batista's in it, you expect him to have a dominant, you know, role. I mean, right. Dave Batista. I mean, right. use him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you'll have to see it like all the actors. It's it's very it's very unique. Yeah. And surprising. So that's all I'll say about it. But it, it's really good. He's very interesting because he like the role he played in Blade Runner twenty forty nine was not a like a that of a dominant. I mean he he, he was powerful clearly. Right. right. But like his personality was that way like he you know he's a very interesting like you could tell he's trying to do like i mean he's getting stuck in some roles like where he's you know the strong arm action hero yeah yeah yeah. but he is doing like this hotel artemis like in in blade run like that goes against everything you would expect from a guy like that even though it's a small role it was a very important role yeah and he played it very well as like this diminutive not, not diminutive but like soft-spoken, looking for peace, I don't want to do this Yeah, yeah. type of character. It was very interesting. And yeah. I, I, think he's an, I think he's an interesting cat. Like, you know, because it, it, it's simple, and you see it. Like, I mean, he, he, he that last year, that one with uh, uh, Kamal Nanaji, where, you know, stupor, 
or a Stuber yeah. or whatever, you know, the one with the, the Uber driver. I mean, that was typecasting 101. Right, right, right. You know, so. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, that, that's also a good paycheck, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I, I think you're going to like this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have to look into that. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Especially with Jodie Foster, because I thought she had retired from acting, and I thought for certain. I think I think it's taken a back seat for her. Like I, I think this yeah. may have been something that just intrigued her enough to to do it, but I don't think she's out there seeking roles per se, like you know, like she was in the nineties. I think right. now it's like it's gotta be something that's got really intrigue her for her to kind of say, Okay, I'm gonna take the time to do this. Yeah. You know. It's good, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real good. <clears throat> yeah, other than that, I've been reading. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, I'm reading comic books, but I, it's still reading in my my in my mind. Yeah. Um, I, I I went back la- last year, probably around this time. Uh-huh. I started reading a book called Saga, uh-huh. uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn. And I started buying the the um the trade paperbacks, and yeah. I got the book six, and I bought seven, eight, and nine, and I never read seven, eight, and nine because right around the time I got them was right around the time we started preparing for the move. So I just stopped reading them. I said I'll just read these once I once we get moved into the uh, the house. Right. And then time went on, and like you know, it took me forever to buy bookshelves. You know, and, and get these books put up and everything. And then they kind of sat there for a while. And so, like, it's been about a year since I've read these. So I went back and I started from the beginning. I started rereading them. Like, mostly remembering what the story was about. But still, I just wanted to go back and kind of refresh my, my memory. Right. And um, I'm sure I said it then. I'm going to say it again now. This is a phenomenal series. Brian K. Vaughn's the same guy who wrote Why the Last Man, who, you know, I, I champion on this show, you know, something everybody should read. It's well worth the time. And this is right up there with it. It's very close. Not not quite as good as why, but still really damn good. It, it's it's science fiction, but it's it, it, it's a telling a much different tale about war and peace and you know it, it's a very good story. I, I really highly recommend it to anybody out there. If you're looking for something, it's an alternative to superhero comic books. Because okay. it's not. You know, right, it's a right. science fiction tale, but it's, you know, there's definitely some underlying storytelling taking place. Uh, but it still is very well done, and I highly recommend it. And that's what I've been reading. And now I'm up to book seven. So I've, you know, I've just finished book seven. I'm going getting on to book eight. And, um, you know, so it's like I'm at a point now where it's like I don't remember. You're right. Because I didn't read these. I don't know what the story's going at this point now. Right. You know, but, uh, I highly recommend that. It's, uh, thus far, I know there's nine. I think they released a, a an omnibus of the not like the there's nine trade paperbacks. Right. I think they released an omnibus of all of them as well. If you want to spend the money for that, or you can probably get the trades at this point. Most of them probably under ten dollars on Amazon. Oh, that's cool. Like through a secondhand seller. Yeah, yeah. You know. Cool. Yeah. 
That's it. That's all I got. That's it. And <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yeah. No, um. <clears throat> but I, I do want to apologize for last week for the the show cutting off. I we had some technical difficulties with with the uh, uh with Skype. I'm gonna say. I'm just leave yeah. it at that. I, I I don't blame Skype. I mean, it was, it was saying we had a signal issue, and I'm not quite sure what happened. But like I said in the the teaser up front, there was there was no audio, yeah. nothing. So I got to put out 40 minutes of silence. It probably would have done a better rating than it normally does. But <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so that's that. Cool. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Are you excited for the return of sports? I haven't heard much about anything sports related. Well, I mean, the, the NHL. I mean, I, aside I think, from the NHL, but I didn't know if they hammered that down yet or not. I, I think it's all but hammered down. Like, I, I think everybody's pretty much in agreement on what the, you know, this is what we need to do to return. Um, I think it's just some minor little things here and there that need to be taken, you know, put together. But I think basically the deal's done. You know, with the okay. NBA, it is a done deal. I know that's 22, 22 teams. They're going to Orlando. You know, it's like an eight-game eight regular season play-in and then, then the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and we don't know if we're going to get baseball or not this year. Because Major League Baseball can't get their shit together to save their lives. Yeah. What about football? I mean, as it stands right now, um, with pro football, the NFL, I mean, it's it's all they're, they're steady as she goes. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's it's basically. Um, I know that there's no um, go away camps. So right. that means, like the Steelers, as an example, they normally they have their training camp in Latrobe at uh, Saint Vincent College. They're not allowed to do that. Yeah. So it'll be the training camp will be on the south side. Um, yeah. You know, but what all that entails, I don't know, because it seemed like to me like it would make more sense for them to go away, because that way you basically have the team quarantined. Right. You know, but there's the the NFL said there's no go away camps. There's no. Uh, once training camp starts, there's no like um, inner team uh, practices. Like a lot of times, you could see like a team will come in like before, like like a couple of days before a preseason game, and then have practices with the other team together. Yeah. And the league has said none of that. Um, yeah. But otherwise, it's it's full steam ahead. Um, the only thing that's in question is, are they playing in front of fans or not? Right. Right. Um. That's, you know, as far as college football goes, I mean, that's. That's a whole nother chestnut. (laughs) It's a whole nother chestnut because it's a situation where, like, you know, like some of these schools are saying, like, if if they can't have students on, on campus, then there's no extracurricular activities, which right. means that, you know, there's no football. Um, and other schools are like, you know, they're like in California where like, it's still like very strict with like, you know, the, uh, 
the mandates that they have, um, you know, that there there may not be any football at all. You know, so right. it's a it's a very weird kind of limbo these colleges are in, trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, you know, so many of these schools like that. You know, when when this all started coming down, and it's funny, like you think about, it, like when all this started coming down and everything started shutting down, a lot of these teams were still like they were in their spring practices in the right. in the middle of in the middle of that. So. <clears throat> You know, and NFL teams have had no, you know, OTAs or mini camps or anything. So it's like, it's going to be very interesting to see how, like, these teams adjust as going straight into a, a preseason. Right. You know, and here's another issue, like, with the with the NFL and with college football. Pitt and the University, or Pitt, the University of Pittsburgh and the Steelers share a training facility. <laughs> Is anybody going to be frowning on having that many people in a building at one time? Right. You know, because, you know, with the Steelers, you know, with a preseason roster, that's that's 85 players plus support staff. And with, with a college football team, that's 80, 90, 100 players, scholarship and non-scholarship. Yep. You know, plus support staff. You know, so you're, you're talking – if you're ha- if you're holding you know these camps on the south side for both teams, you're you're talking 500 people in the building, right? <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. you know, so I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think you can if you want fan base though. I definitely think you can social distance at a pit game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no problem with that. <laughs> right. um, if, if if you want an example of how to social distance, just look at what a pit game does. <laughs> um, <laughs> Plenty of fans dressed as yellow seats here today. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, you know, so I, I think I think what we're going to see is, you know, particularly pro football, pro football's full speed ahead, and I think it's pretty pretty much going to be, you know, probably no fans in attendance. Right. You know, um, and then with college football. I mean, like, do you even let the band show up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like if you're if you're doing it with no fans in the stands, like, do you even let the band show up to to perform? You know, because like you, because like, I mean that that you know you can say what you will about college football, but one of the things about college football that that, that beats pro football is the ambiance of a game. Yeah, you know the band the student section, like all that stuff that goes into like, you know, the traditions of college football, like, you know, the little things the fans do, like that's a big deal with a college football game. A pro football game is pretty much more along the lines of a, a just a bunch of drunken people streaming obscenities. You know, college football is a little bit more intricate. Yeah, yeah. And, and But the ambiance is a big deal with college football. They make a big deal of it. It's one of the things that they right. sell you on with college football, especially in the South. You know, that, yeah. you know, the, you know, Auburn, Alabama, you know, all, all the uh, LSU, all these schools, they sell you on the ambiance of game day. Yeah. You know, and everything was, about game day. They all have to be united on how they're going to do it, though, too. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, how they're going to do it. You know what I mean? You just right. can't go to, you can't have one team going to Bama and Bama Stadium being packed to the gill. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you have a team coming in and like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, what, what is going on here? Because we can't do that at our, right. our end, you know, right. because we're doing this whole distancing thing. You know, it has to be united on a college football level across the United States, including Hawaii. But I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, there's, there's but, nothing like late night like late night football in Hawaii. Let me tell you. <laughs> in that blue field, is yeah. it blue or green or? I think, well, no, yeah, I, I think. That, well, Boise has the blue field. Yeah. But uh. But yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. Like, again, like the other side of that is like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Yeah. Those are 100,000-seat stadiums. Dame is, too, isn't it? No, Notre Dame's not that big. How big is the Dame? I, I'm, if, if they hold 60,000 people, I'd be shocked. Yeah. That stadium's ancient. <laughs> it is. And, I mean, it, I mean it's, it's a very old stadium, and it's just it's something like, I, I, I guess they're, they're one of the few, like, big-time schools like that that if I would be shocked if they held 60,000. Yeah. Just because that stadium is so old and, I mean – not that that's a bad thing, but it's just it's it's a different type of stadium than some of these other ones you see you see around the country, right? But um, <laughs> but I, like I mean, even if like you're saying like you know twenty five percent capacity, I know. how do you do that? Yeah, I mean the seats are literally six feet will put you at three and a half seats, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then, like, the screaming. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's a whole... I don't know. Like, I mean, I've heard plans where, like, they talk about, like, well, if you're a family, you know, then you can sit together. But then the next group of people has to be six feet away from you. Yeah. But, like, so, like, so like you're doing every other row, and then three seats between groups of people. Like, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a... To me, it's a logistical nightmare... To try, first off, to try to do it, try to enforce it. Yeah. You know, and then the other side of that, though, is, and we've discussed this quite a bit, but, like, would you be comfortable in that, even with 25,000 people in a stadium? No. I wouldn't. No. I mean, I'm sure there are people who would. They've shown that time and time again, you know, the, the I want to haircut people. Sure. Which, but by I, the way, by the way, just just for the record, they really must need a fucking haircut because, like, I just out of curiosity, like, I have the Great Clips app on my phone so I can check in before I get there, and the wait time was like two hundred minutes. <laughs> so yeah, these fucking people, like, and that wasn't just like local. I mean, I I pulled back on the map. That was everywhere. Well, like 200 minutes for a haircut. I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> right. You know. But um. But yeah, I mean, but there are people who I have no doubt would be more than happy to show up at a pro at a a pro or college football game, no matter what the restrictions. Sure, I know. If there were no restrictions, I'd be happier. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll bitch because they have to wear a mask at a at a at a football game. Right. You know. I know. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, like they'd be like, you know, why can't we have a hundred thousand people here? Why can't we have a whiteout? 
Right. You know, like, why, why can't we do the traditional things we do? Like, well, I don't know. There, there, there's a virus that we don't have a cure for. <laughs> right. How about that? Yeah, we And we can't even treat it effectively, really, right now. Yeah. So let's put 100,000 people in a stadium and see how many of them can get it. Right. You know. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, not to get on this boat or anything, but, you know, with the, with the flu, you can treat it, right? You know, yeah. there are proven things that work for the flu right. that, you know, you can do, you know. But viruses have to run their courses, and there really is no medicine that is really good for a virus. Right. You know what I mean? There's antivirals, right. but it's just, I don't know, it'll lessen some time off. You know, right. but and you got to get it early. Right. Well, now, you know, we don't know how to treat this fucking thing. Right. You don't we like medically manage it. Right. You know, they were saying, oh, we got to throw them on the vent. Well, you know, no, that's not so good because, you know, you get thrown on a vent and your chances yeah. of dying increase significantly. Yeah. Like, it, very often. So, I mean, like that was their quick fix. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's just not there's no way to really medically, you know, manage it. Right. Except kind of wait and see. And we don't even have that. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you put 100,000 people in a stadium. Do the percentage of per yeah. 100,000 people who has it. I don't know. Thousand people have it. Yeah. Well, that just turned into 20,000. Yeah. 5,000. It's significantly. Yeah. You know, with the hand slap or the. Oh, yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. I agree. Like, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I mean, we're going to discuss it a little bit, but, like, you know, going to a movie theater. It even feels like something like, and they're talking about like, you know, how can movie theaters come back? How can movie theaters make you feel safe, you know, in their environment? What what steps can they take to ensure your safety as much as they can? And it's like, you know, move, like AMC is banking heavily on tenant they're they 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 are all in on like this movie the the christopher nolan's latest movie is is like they are banking heavily that warner brothers is going to release that mid-july and that is going to save them because like they're teetering on the on the brink of bankruptcy right now you know cinemark isn't doing much better and they're all talking about like you know, we really need this movie to come out because this is the big blockbuster that's going to save us all. And my thinking is like, like really? <laughs> like, that's are all you, you got? <laughs> like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, if, under normal circumstances, I would think this would be like a a a, a five hundred million dollar movie. Right. You know. Under normal circumstances. And it needs to be seen in the... I want to see this on a big screen. I want to see this in IMAX. You know? Like, I'm looking forward to this movie a whole lot. And and I want to see it on the big screen. As the biggest screen as I I can. 
But at the same time, I'm not really willing to go to a movie theater and roll the dice on that. Right. You know, hoping the uh, the 16-year-old attendant took the time to properly wipe down my seat before I came in. Right. You know, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's like... So you're... What it is, sort of what it is, too, is like you're... How do I explain? Uh, your safety depends on someone else's cleaning effectiveness. Yeah. Like their diligence. Yes. Like when I go to, when I go to giant Eagle and I I get a a cart, nine bucks an hour, minimum wage. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean like, but it's, I'm not making fun of that. No, I'm just saying that, you know, they're not getting hazard pay. There's no incentive Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't know. It's it's strange. Yeah, like when I go to a giant eagle, like I can see the guy who's cleaning the carts. I can see the kind of job he's doing. Yeah. You know, if I don't think he's doing a good enough job, guess what I'm doing? I'm grabbing one of those hand wipes and I'm wiping that bitch down myself. I know. You know, and I'm not even a germaphobe. Yeah, I know. I am. The, you know. I, the thing with, I, they do do a good job at sales, yeah. though. They got them bug sprayers out there. Oh, yeah. You know, like the pumpers. They're just, they're spraying that shit. Yeah. (laughs) But, but like, you know, in a movie theater, I'm I'm walking in and, you know, half the time I got a sticky floor with popcorn still on it. And I just watched a kid walk out from cleaning it. Yeah. You know, but yet I'm going to rely on that kid's denial, like, that he's taking the time to properly sanitize my seat so that when I sit down, I'm right. safe. Yeah, well, you know, I work in an enclosed area sometimes. You right. know, I don't say what I do or anything. Right. But afterwards, sometimes, you know, we shut down for 45 minutes. Yeah. Right? Can you do that in a theater? Well, that's the, that's the other side of that. Like, like, what is the turnaround time now to prepare a theater for a new audience? Correct. It used to be 10 minutes. Yeah. You know. I think that's going to jump to an hour. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. and when you're talking about a movie that's probably two and a half to three hours long, you've gone <laughs> from, ha- you know, you've cut your, your screenings in half, probably. Right. Right. Well, for maybe you can have six screenings of a show in a, in a theater. Now you can only have three. Right. You know, and like, I mean, the, the, the good thing you could probably say is, okay, like you could probably have tenants showing on every, every, like on six screens and have three going at a time. Like right. One of those, is, one of those is IMAX. You know, yeah. Mo- most theaters, in fact, every theater I know of at least only has one IMAX screen. Right. You know, and they charge you more to see it in IMAX. You know, so, I mean, that's yeah. a big, that's going to be a big cut. If you can only, sh- like, a movie you maybe be able to show six times, you're not only able to show three in a day. That's, that, that, that's going to hurt. Right. I know. Yeah. I, I just don't, I, I, I don't know. And are they going to be able to sell food? 
Um, well, that's the thing that they're saying. Is like, the window. Well, no, like they're saying that they're going to sell you concessions, but it's going to be like, you know, their their attendance will be masked and gloved. You know, um, they're going to be taking all safety precautions to, you know, to ensure, you know, you know, the food you're getting is safe. But again, at the same time, there's a part of me that's kind of like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. You know, I- uh, as as the as he's elbow deep in popcorn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've seen him that popcorn out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah, I don't some, know. There's some elbow crust in my popcorn. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think I'm just gonna have some gummy bears and uh, a coke. I think that'll that'll <laughs> do just fine. Yeah. I'll take gummy bears, coke, and a uh, bottle of hand sanitizer, please. Yeah. Thank you. I need to wipe down my own seats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I brought my own Lysol disinfectants. <laughs> I know. You know. <clears throat> you might so, you might think I'm crazy, but when I get it when we get to the laundromat, because we have to get our clothes dried at the laundromat. Yeah. I have a bottle. Or wipes. Oh yeah. That I wipe I, down I the entire surface of where we're yeah. work, where we're drying our clothes. Oh yeah. And we don't fold them there. We just put them back in our, you know what I mean? Yeah, put them in the, yeah. And bring them back, huh? So, so, so hold on, hold on. So this I said. So you're saying like you get you get into the dryer with the wipes and wipe no, the inside. No, because everything of the dryer. inside the dryer should be fine. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the heat. Yeah. Okay. Heat should kill it. Right. But everything on the outside gets uh, okay. wiped off. Okay. Including the coin thing. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah, get okay. the yeah. Right. And then we hand sanitize that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a process. I'm sure. But, you know. Yeah, there's nobody at the laundromat doing that for you. No. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I. Yeah. I somebody, sh- somebody shows up there around 11 o'clock at night and cleans it up, and that's it. <laughs> I know. They're sweeping take the a push. Uh, yes. Take a push broom, take out the trash. Uh huh. No mask on. No mask on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Just the time we're living in. <laughs> Strange time indeed. It is. Let's uh, let's jump in the old show proper. All right. Now I I, I found this. This this story is going to rank right up there with the uh, the Nexium sex cult. Okay. If you recall that? Yeah. Um, in Madrid, Spain. Um. Nacho Vidal was detained last week um, in southeastern Valencia region uh, in connection with the death of a man in July 2019. Okay. 
The media identified the victim as fashion photographer Jose Luis Abad. Okay. Now, Nacho Vidal is a apparently a Spanish porn star. Okay. Okay. And apparently, in some sort of mystic ritual, he convinced um, Mr. Abad to... The police operation began following the victim's death during the celebration of a mystic ritual based upon the inhalation of venom from a Bufo Alvarez toad. So basically, this is toad venom. Okay. <laughs> that uh, the toad, a rare species which is native to the Sioran C- Desert, stretching from northern Mexico into California, Arizona, secretes venom containing a very powerful national hallucinogenic substance known as 5-MeO-DMT. Okay. Its effects have been compared to Alusia, a powerful hallucinogenic concoction from the Amazon consumed in part of a shamic ritual. So, apparently this guy overdosed on toad venom. Nice. Yeah. Um... Investigators said they discovered such rituals were being carried regularly on the grounds. They offered medical benefits. This is apparently this is this is really in this reality. In but in reality, this apparently harmless ancestral ritual posed a serious health risk, luring people who were easily influenced, vulnerable, or who were seeking help for illness or addictions using alternative methods. Uh, local press said the ceremony took place in the country residence of Vidal, a media-savvy porn star in his mid-40s whose Twitter feed is full of ads for his 25-centimeter aero- aromatic candles in the, male geni- in the form of male genitalia, available in black, white, or cerise. Nice. Yeah. So, apparently, Mr. Abad had some sort of issue, and Nacho convinced him that this ritual this hallucinogenic ritual would solve all of his problems and it killed him <laughs> nice now what this story unfortunately doesn't explain is like how did they try passing this off at first right like this is an 11 month investigation I, I just want to know like what did Nacho say like ah, I don't know what happened to him I just found him this way <laughs> right we were partying hard, you know. Uh, I went to the bathroom. I came back. Dude was dead. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I went to make a quick movie. Came back. Dude shit himself on my couch and died. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what a bizarre story. Right. <laughs> Where does that come from? I don't even know. Like, wait, what me? Like, I can't imagine, like, being in such dire straits physically that, like, somebody coming, like, like if somebody told me, like, you, you have cancer, it's at this point you've come to us too late. It, it's, it's irreversible. You know, treatment's not going to help you. You just we need to find a way to make you comfortable for for your the next six months because that's all you have left to live. 
Yeah. And me going like, I wonder if that toad venom hallucinogenic shit will work. I'm gonna be willing to give that a shot. Right, right. You know, like I can't imagine. Like, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've you know you've seen and you've read and you've you know people who've gone to great lengths and tried like very very like for lack of a better term like you know beyond modern medicine like you know eastern cultural healing techniques and stuff like that you know which doesn't work unfortunately i mean you know you know that we saw that with Andy Kaufman and Man on the Moon, like he was trying down near anything, you right? Know, if it, if he thought it could save him, um, but like I just can't imagine like like that like, okay, so what what exactly are we doing here? Well, we're going to take this this toad venom and you're going to ingest it, and that's going to cure you. To- toad venom, to- toad venom, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, toad venom, used all the time. Yeah, it's, that's I'm out, I'm out. I'm, I'll just try to die. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, the next step is like we're gonna let this snake bite you. It has to bite you right on the crotch, right, right on your balls. And once the venom enters you, it, it'll cure. No, no, I'm out. I'm tapping. I'm tapping on. That that's that's a no for me. You know, I would rather die a horrible death. From cancer than, than like have a snake bite me on my my sack. What, what amazes me are those people that <clears throat> do that shit with rattlesnakes. Those oh, yeah. Christian groups. Oh, oh. yeah. I know. Because I mean that like where where in Christianity is that like that, that's that's like like voodoo shit. <laughs> Like where where did you come up with that? Like, like you know, oh no. Speaking in tongues while they grab rattlesnakes. Yeah. I mean, come on. No. Like I mean that's <laughs> that's what I'd just be like, you know, I gotta go. Um that thanks for the parting gifts, but I, I gotta go. <laughs> I read an article the other day about a woman that I don't know if it was in India. Anyway. A guy was charged with the murdering of his wife. Okay. Right. And how, how do you how do you think he? <laughs> this is how he tried to murder her. You ready? Okay. Yeah. He threw a fucking cobra at her. Wow. Not once, but twice. Wow. Like he threw a cobra at her, and I guess she dodged that one. <laughs> <laughs> if you can dodge a cobra. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> I mean, like, if you can dodge a cobra, I mean, you should probably deserve to live. Yeah. But no, he threw another one at her. <laughs> that one got her. Oh, <laughs> yeah, true. I read it. I read it on CNN. I don't, I don't remember where I read it. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of fake news. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the guy really got arrested for murdering his wife by throwing a cobra at him. At her. Who throws a cobra? <laughs> Without getting risk of, you know, I don't know if he, like, chucked it out of a water pail. I, I don't know how he... <laughs> yeah, what exactly was the, the method for throwing the snake? I'd like to know. Yeah, like, was he you know... 
Was he? Did he have it above his head like a fucking lasso? Yeah. You know what I mean? And just fucking whipped it at the last minute. Or, or, or was it a drop? Like, was he like like on a balcony above? Was it? Oh, right? I don't. But, but, but like it seemed like the best method to get entanglement would be to drop it from above. You know what I mean? Like you know, or toss like okay, this person's walked up. Let me just toss this snake and it gets so on you. And then, you know, wraps around your neck and bites you or some shit. I don't know. And how about the snake? What was the snake thinking? <laughs> I know. I know. There are just some things that you just can't. Full hood out, like just flying through the air, like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I was just like, I don't get it. I mean, what is wrong with people? I mean, and, and, and bless that woman for dodging the first cobra. I know. Like at, like, at that point, you have to be on high alert for the second. Yeah, I mean, you got to be in ninja roll status and shit to get out of that one. Yeah. You know, I mean, cobras get huge. Yeah. I mean, not they're not python size, but, I mean, they get pretty fucking big. I don't know. It, it's just, it was one of the strangest stories I ever heard in my life. Oh, man. Another strange thing I was watching the other day, too, is I was I started Dude, watching how he, it. How does he, the other thing I want to know, though, is, like, how does he laugh that off the first time like to, to get the second shot like after the first time like shouldn't she have been like uh, you know what i think i'm gonna go spend the weekend with my mother yeah right like no she stuck around to get it the yeah. second time i think it was yeah I, I don't know if it was consecutive or over yeah, time right. right i'm sure it was over time but like my point is like, like like how was it like how does like the first attack takes place and you're not like you know what, honey? Like, uh, you see, like, oh, I, I, I throw a snake at you. Ha, 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 ha. You know, like, and how are you not like, you know what? Yeah, I think I'm going to spend the weekend with my mother. <laughs> right. I, 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 I think I need to uh, take a vacation. <laughs> yeah, I'm dropping the mic at this point. Yeah. No, she stuck around, said there could be a second attack at some point later on down the line. Yeah. Or he could, like, he could, like, like, like oh, man, I, I screwed it up the first time. Let me, let me. Let me review the tapes so I can figure out how to not make the mistakes the second time around. <laughs> you know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been speaking of biting. So I, I watched, I've been watching this alone. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think it's called Alone. Okay. Oh, I thought you were no, you they know, watching something. Uh, no, no, no. I, it's called Alone, I think. Okay. Um, they take 10 people and go up to the, near the Arctic Circle. Not Arctic Circle, but yeah, like just, just below, below it. Yeah. Just below where trees still grow and stuff, and yeah. there's animals. Like, once you cross that line, there's not really much right. going yeah. on. And, you know, it's, like, very remote. Nobody lives there. You know, yeah. You know, like, untouched wilderness, you know? Yeah. So I'm watching this thing, and... Um, they position them around, there's always a body of water, like a lake. Yeah. And, uh, so whoever wins, last one there, who survives, gets $500,000. Okay? Oh, you've earned it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, so, you know, they get this group of survivalists. Right. You know, there's the 10 contestants. So I'm watching this thing. And it's pretty realistic. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, it's as real as it can get, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got to build a fire. <laughs> they got to have a way to make fire, shelter. It's going to start snowing. Yeah. Like, in like a week of when they get there. Yeah. Some of them already got snow in the part that they were at, you know? Yeah. I mean, it can go from negative, you know, it can go from like 32 degrees. And then when the winter hits, it's like negative 30. Seriously. I mean, this is like real stuff. So it interested me, you know, they have body cams on and stuff like that. Now, let me me ask, are are they wearing like modern, like winter gear or is it like, yeah, you got to go kill something and skin it and make, make your pants out of that. No, they're, they just take up what they have. They have boots and you know, all this stuff. Okay. Um, they don't get fishing poles, but I think they can take line. And so they make right. not fishing poles out of wood or anything. They just kind of like throw it in and do. Yeah. You know, like that. Right. Some but, people. Make but, like they, but they have to construct their own shelter. It's not like you have like one of those like tents that you see them sleeping in like. In yeah, they have Everest a tarp. Or something. Okay. They, have a, they give them a tarp. Yeah. They have like one tarp that they can tent down. Right. And they have like. You know, then they have to cut their own trees. They have to, you know, they have right. axes or saws or whatever they need. So basically, they're that. making their own shelter. They don't have anything that they can just like, like a pop-up tent or anything. No, 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 okay. no. Right. No. This is like bare bones, and there's no right. food either. They have to get their own food. Right. Okay. Like in big game, fish, berries, mushrooms, whatever they can scrounge up. Right. Right. And some people haven't eaten for three days because they can't catch a fish. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you have to be able to eat because you're burning calories by making your own shelter. Right. You have to get the shelter up within a week. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, within the first three days, you've burned, you know, 100,000 calories. You're not eating anything. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But it's a pretty interesting show. Mm -hmm. Um, I like it. Um, What I've seen, they keep getting parasites. And that's Ooh. how they're that's how they're getting knocked off. Yeah. Like guy ate a muskrat. Oh yeah, he was puking. Oh. Like he cooked the shit out of it too. And I was like, I don't know how anything else can be living in that. I mean, it, it, it's like a crispy fried wing by the time he got done with it. Right. Some people want to get big game. They're relying on the big game, and there's no big game. Like they want to get a moose. Yeah. Or something a bear. I mean, they can get this shit and then survive on the meat. Oh yeah. Uh, understand how they can keep how they're keeping it cold but anyway any i i'm still watching i'm only like five episodes in yeah so i kind of like it i I like you know yeah i like that there's always a constant threat there's bear you know and wolves and you know there's you got to be able to defend yourself in some sort of fashion have a good hut you know yeah so i got into it well then I don't know. I turned on <laughs> Survivor. I don't know why. Okay. I actually I don't think I turned it on. I walked in on it and the girls were watching Naked and Afraid. Okay. Okay. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh yeah. Have you seen that? I've bits and pieces. I've never watched a full episode. So that the one I was watching is they were in Africa. Yeah. And they were completely naked. Yeah. I mean, naked. Yeah. And they blur out and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're butt-ass naked. They're, 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 they got nothing. Right. Nothing. Yeah. And some, I almost vomited on one part. I mean, they found some... They found... 
the sand is like 120 degrees. Yeah. It'll burn your feet. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it was like, we got to make some fashion, some kind of shoes here. And I'm like, good luck, pal. I mean, I don't know what. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. He found some zebra skins, like, like an animal had eaten a zebra. Yeah. And it had been out in that sun. Uh, the skins. And he's uh, sitting there. But he, he knows how to tan leather and all that kind of crap. I mean, that's his. Right. That's his deal, uh, yeah. That's his shtick. So he's like peeling the, ugh, whatever's left on the skins. <laughs> right, dude. And he's gagging. And oh, I'm like, I could you, you know that shit's got to be, like, after a couple of days, that's, that's got to be ripe as fuck. Uh, not just ripe, dude. Tauntaun ripe. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so, but he makes the skin and he makes the shoes for him and his, you know. You still there? I'm here, yeah. Okay. We started to break up. Poor internet connection. Yeah. But he started to do the shoes and he fashioned the shoes and he had, he made laces, you know, so they actually had something to walk on. So now they're naked, but they have shoes on at least. Well, not shoes like. I don't know. It didn't. It made like a uh, sandal. Does that make sense? We're breaking up again. 